on this episode of 88 Problems Sports in One, presented by the OhioSportsBlog.com. We look at the Buckeyes and Nebraska football game from Saturday at the Horseshoe, with the Buckeyes winning 36-31. Improvements they made, things they still need to improve to be able to make a run to that Big Ten title and the college football playoff. We also break down a rather inspiring loss by the Browns, 37-21 to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Browns played a little more inspired, had a better attitude with their team. Offense was at least watchable. We get into all that on this episode, so let's go. Any Problems in Sports Day 1 is proud to announce our partnership with at Thrive Fantasy. And Thrive Fantasy is your daily fantasy sports prop bet app. Download it now for iOS and Android. Go to our Twitter page at 88PromsSAO and pinned to the top of our page is a link. Get $10 for free when you sign up uh, for with Thrive Fantasy. Play your prop bets. They are going fast. It's a great partnership. Go to our, our Twitter page at 88PromsSAO. Go to the link. Get your $10 Get a bet on some prop bets, and let's win some money. 88 Problems of Sports A1 Podcast is brought to you by NCSD Apparel. They can be found on Twitter at NCSD underscore apparel. They were established this year in 2018. They make t-shirts from the 330. Represent Northeast Ohio everywhere you go with shirts from NC Sports Design. You can shop now at ncsportsdesign.com. They have a promo code NCSDNEW at checkout. Get 20% off your purchase for any new followers. That's NCSDNEW at checkout to get 20% off your purchase if you're a new follower. They have a great new shirt. Go to their Twitter site right now. They have a shirt. They have a Munilot shirt. I'm ordering this thing, getting 20% off right when we're done by entering the code N-C-S-D-N-E-W at checkout. One game a little bit closer than I think everybody would have liked and what a lot of people thought. Uh, The Brownies showed some life today under new interim coach Greg Williams. A game was actually watchable today and – they did get beat by the Chiefs 37-21, but it was an admirable fight. The Chiefs are one of the top teams in the league, and, you know, we have some young cats and have got a depleted secondary, but we'll get to them a little bit later. Charles, the Buckeyes, they're struggling. Um, I mean, they're still winning, but they're struggling. They're not, they're not winning pretty. Um, I, don't, I don't know what you think about that game yesterday. Um, you know what? I'm I'm of the um, variety where, you know, win's a win at this point. You know, it's like you've been saying all season, survive and move on. You know, I don't think a close win against a 2-16 and 16 really helps us, you know. But um, this is what people have to understand, you know. Big Ten outside of the SEC is the, is the toughest conference to play in. You know, everybody plays each other physical. Everybody plays each other hard. Um, and then people can go look at – um, what Clemson did to Louisville. I'm sorry, but Nebraska would have waxed a two and six Louisville team. I'm sorry. They, they, they just would have. Um, Nebraska has been slowly improving as the year has gone on. 
They have a young quarterback who's going to be a playmaker in the in the Big Ten. You know, um, I, I I took the game with um, I took I took it with small positives because there were small improvements. They were small improvements, but at least the coaching staff started to show that they were willing to make improvements. The run game was something that I needed to see, and the run game was awesome in this game. I mean, J.K. Dobbins was an absolute monster, and even Mike Weber. Um, without, um, other than the fumble, Mike Weber had a really good game too. So, you know, the run game overall was really good. Um, I did have some questions about some of the play calling at times. I mean, they should have stuck with the run game a couple of times, but you know what? Overall, I, I, you know, I didn't mind what I saw. Yeah. They, um, and like you said, it's, we're in playoff mode right now for anybody, especially teams with one loss, um, it's surviving in advance and, Nebraska is like they started off rough. They haven't been what Nebraska's been lately, but they have a new coach, a good young new coach. Uh, they're going to be on the rise here for a while, and they've gotten better every single week. Took them a while to get win one, uh, then they got win two, and they play. They went to the horseshoe, not intimidated and not uh, not backing down. And they took Ohio State to the wire. Um, yeah, they found a running game. Dobbins, one hundred sixty three yards. Uh, you know, it wasn't. Was the whole thing wasn't on Haskins yesterday as it had been the last few weeks with, uh, um, you know, throwing for 400 yards. But, you know, Buckeyes needed to get that one. They have to keep winning to be able to in, be in the conversation of the playoff. And they're going to – and so it's all going to come down to, and which I think every Ohio State fan wants, it's all going to come down to their game later in the season against Michigan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the team that we have to beat to, um, you know, get us in the playoffs right now. You know, all these other teams, you know, they don't matter. I mean, I know I know how you win does matter. um, But, you know, sometimes you have to take games with the minimal improvements that you get. Um, And um, at this point in the season, with the way that we played inconsistently this year, I have to look at the positives in this game rather than the negatives, Um, you know. You, you just got to take small improvements game by game, and you have to continue to um, stack on those improvements, um, is, I think is where I'm going with it. Um, and, you know, we started with the run game. Now let's see if we can improve um, some areas of the defense in the next game, you know. And hopefully by the time that we play Michigan, you know, we'll have everything worked out. And, you know, uh, come playoff time, as long as we, do, we uh, take care of business and we're in the playoffs, you know, um, we should be ready to go. Yeah, I like the fact that Dobbins had 23 carries. Uh, in previous games, him and Weber had been pretty much splitting carries, and now it seems like they're handing the ball to Dobbins as the featured back, and Weber's going to be the change-up back. Uh, Dobbins had those 23 carries, 163, 163 yards, three touchdowns. Haskins only had to throw 32 passes, whereas against Purdue threw 70-some passes. So that's a way better balance for the Buckeyes. Scoring 36 points is good. Uh, they're back to spreading it around in the pass game also. You know, five, two, three, four. You know, they have four or five guys with catches. So, I mean, offensively they seem to improve a little bit. You know, their, their yard, total yards, they have 242 pass yards, 229 rush yards for 471 total. And, you know, the Nebraska team, they can put up some numbers, too. He put up numbers last year at UCF. He's continued to get that team better and better. Um, and so they put up, you know, they put up 443 yards. So they, they see the survive in advance and get to next week. And next week's going to be a big one up at East Lansing against Michigan State. That's always a tough uh, venue to play at. 
Yeah, uh, Michigan State always plays us tough. You know, they're a very physical team. You know, they're coached by um, a guy, you know, who plays physical um, smash-mouth football, Mark D'Antonio. Um, so, you know, that's going to be a tough matchup. But we'll hit on that later in the week. Um, you know, um, you know, many people can look at this game and say um, Dwayne Haskins took a step back in this game, you know. I just think that it's more evident that he doesn't do well when he faces pressure. And that's something that that's another, that's one of those small improvements that needs to be made before the end of the year, because if he doesn't improve that, then this team team can't go as far as he, as I believe it, as the talent says it can. I mean, because we are one of the, we're on, we're one of the most talented teams in the country. If if not for Alabama, we'd probably be, be the, the most talented team, um, and you know what? I'm not even. You know, Clem, throw Clemson in there too because they're pretty darn talented too. Um, as much as it pains me to say it, but you know, um, they have the athletes. You know, the coaching has just seemed to be lackadaisical this year, and that's where I wanted to see improvements. Um, and that's um, what I'm going to be looking for in the next game. You know, they they've shown what they've shown is they they haven't shown the ability to make adjustments, and it finally started. I finally started to see that they finally started to make some adjustments. I mean, Ryan Day finally got some dog in him in this game. You know, J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber, you know, they played with some dog in them in this game. And Brandon White, um, who came in for uh, Jordan Fuller once he got ejected, you know, he, you know, he should be starting next week. If he's not starting next week, I don't know what the hell they're doing on defense because that's just ridiculous. Yeah, they, and they got some help this week. Uh, last week they were number nine or number 10 in the college football playoff rankings, but number nine lost, number three lost. So they're, they're poised to move up, and it's all going to – they need to keep surviving and advancing until they get that that Michigan showdown to see for their playoff Big Ten title hopes and also their playoff uh, lives. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, um, they – like. I, I, I'm going to keep repeating this. We have to make improvements week by week. And one of those improvements will be putting our linebackers in be- better positions, you know, because far too often you're still seeing it right now. Um, you're playing the linebackers close to the line, and then our linebackers end up on little slot receivers, and then they end up getting beat over the middle or deep because, you know, you got a, a linebacker who's 230-odd pounds on a 190-pound five foot nine wide receiver, you know, you just, or, you know, a six foot, right? Just who depends on who's in the slot, but you know, you can't have big guys like that on the little guys, you know, safety's got to cover that, you know, it's just, you know, there's, there's little scheme changes that have to be changed. Um, I did see a little, they did play a little bit more zone um, rather than their man, um, which I think, you know, helped some, you know, I think this team is just not built to, to play the man coverage that they played in the past. And as I've said before, you know, they teach the receivers to play or they teach the defensive backs to play the receiver and not the ball. And that's, that's um, been where a lot of our penalties have come um, in this game, you know, and it didn't seem like we had a whole lot of defensive pass interference penalties, but you know, I could be wrong. Yeah. They're, they're going to keep making improvements to get to that, to the big game, hopefully be there with one loss and then see what happens with that one. Um, but switching gears real quick from the Buckeyes to the Art Cleveland Browns, they finally looked – the offense looked formidable. The offense looked watchable. Um, I mean, the defense defense is good. The defense was depleted by injury today. Denzel Ward went out in the first quarter. EJ Gaines went out in the first quarter. Our defensive backfield – Demarius Randall wasn't even active today. Our defensive backfield was majorly depleted against one of the top passing teams in the league. 
So Brian's got to be 37-21, but I saw vast improvements just in body language and aggressiveness and attitude from the Brownies going forward, and that's a direct reflection of getting rid of Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley. Yeah, if you um, if you walked into this game expecting more, that's your own personal problem right there. Um, I saw, ma- like you said, I, we saw massive improvements in this game offensively. The play calling was a lot better. You know, Freddie Kitchen seems to have uh, very ha- very quickly settled in, and you know he established his playmakers. You know, he got Chubb involved, he got Duke involved. You know. Um, you know, the receivers are starting to catch some balls, you know, I mean, you know, and like you said, the, the secondary was completely depleted. I mean, EJ Gaines went out, uh, then Denzel Ward went out and Demarius Randall was out before the game even started. Cause apparently he was dealing with a groin injury all week, which we had no idea up until game time. Then Adam Chester decided to scare us all and say it was a healthy scratch, which ended up Tom Withers come back saying that that's inaccurate. So we all, and we all, we all found out later it was a groin injury, but anyways, you know, to only give up 37 points to one of them to probably the best offense in the NFL is with um, that many guys missing in your secondary. That's a victory right there. Um, you know, it could have been so much worse. Um, I played around with the scores in this game and I was like, you know, I think this game's going to be 51 to 49. I mean, of course it wasn't even close to that, but you know, um, there, I liked what I saw in the game, at least offensively. Yeah, they, they seem to be more aggressive. And back to Duke Johnson. And can you believe we had to wait nine games until Duke Johnson got his first touchdown? That's just that, lack. That's lack of use of a weapon on your team that needs weapons to be used by the rookie quarterback. So for him to score his first two touchdowns today is, I mean, knowing that Todd Haley should be at home. Actually, he should he, he should have been fired weeks ago because of that stat. I had no idea Duke Johnson didn't have a touchdown. But I guess I just forgot about him because we never used him. But, I mean, that, that's that's inexcusable. That's absurd. You know, there's no reason for a player like you to go nine weeks out scoring a touchdown. You know, it just um, it just vindicates John Dorsey for getting rid – for giving Hugh Jackson and giving Todd Haley the boot, you know, because they just were not getting our playmakers um, in space and they, they weren't um, using them correctly, you know. And it, it, it took Freddie Kitchen – Less than a week to get Duke Johnson two scores. I mean, how, how hard is that? When Duke is as, as explosive as he is offensively, you know, he, you can't cover him um, in the slot because he's so quick um, and he's so great in space. You know, he, like we were comparing him when we were doing the preview to Kareem Hunt. He, yeah, he's Kareem Hunt-esque. You know, he may, he may not be able to be a three-down back like Kareem Hunt is. You know, he may not be able to – uh, run as much as Kareem Hunt does, but he does some of the things similar, and you have to get a guy like that involved in the offense. Yeah, especially when our offense was struggling. I mean, the way it struggled all year long, um, and for him just this year, this just just this week, to be getting his first two touchdowns is inexcusable. Duke Johnson had one carry for eight yards, and then he had nine receptions for 78 yards. I mean, that's that's fantastic output by Duke Johnson. Um, and they're getting the ball, getting the ball in space, and a lot of a lot of those catches weren't, you know, they're not routes. He's running down the field and catching it. He's catching their ball and five yard in the flat and screen passes and making people miss and gaining yards after the catch. And that's what he does. Um, you know, the, the, they spread the ball around, and Joku had four catches for fifty three yards. He made some great catches. Um, Callaway, they finally threw him a deep shot today. He had three catches, fifty one yards. That's what he is. 
and Landry had six catches for 50 yards. I mean, we're spreading the ball to our playmakers now. Um, you know, I, I expect the offense only to get better against the bad Atlanta defense next week and another week of Freddie Kitchens running the running the offense and, you know, getting them prepared to go. But I, that, And I like it. Chubb, 22 carries, 85 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he's – we we have playmakers, and Freddie Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens just got him the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, it's – one thing is very clear. Nick Chubb is an absolute star, and trading Carlos Hyde was the best thing um, that uh, John Dorsey has done for this team during the season so far. Um, you know, well, I second, was one of the second best thing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, second best. But you know, um, but you know, it, it's still you know, um, yeah. I was one of the people who said it was a positive when they traded hit when they traded away high to put um, to you know give Chubb more carries because you could pl- any fan could plainly see when Chubb was in there for the few carries that he was in that he was more explosive. Um, you know, um, he's a better runner um, than Carlos Hyde, and I think it was people hanging on to that Hyde went to Ohio State, you know, and what he did for us in the Jets game. Yeah, he did. He what he did for us in the Jets game will will be um, it will go down in, in Cleveland, you know. Cleveland history, you know, um, because, you know, he got us our first win in like two years. So, or however many games it was, but you know, that's not the point, you know, um, Chubb was, Chubb was made, uh, it was the coordinator made a point to get Chubb involved and that's what he did. Um, and he made a point to get Duke Johnson involved and that's what he did. He made a point to get the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hand fast. And that's what he did. Um, you know, to, to just, just to see that is completely refreshing. And, you know, to, um, I was looking at the chief stats to hold cream hunt under 91, under a hundred yards. is still pretty damn impressive. Um, after he got 17 carries, I mean, I don't care who you are. You hold cream hunt under a hundred yards. That's pretty damn impressive. And then not only that, you hold Tyree kill to four catches for 69 yards. And his biggest catch was a 40 yard bomb. That was it. You know, he didn't get any touchdowns. He didn't have any big plays, you know. Special teams didn't make any mistakes, you know. To do that, you know, there are some positives that you can even still take defensively from this game. Oh, yeah. I mean, Hill had one catch for four yards, and then Ward went out in the middle of the – at the end of the first quarter. Once he went out, then, I mean, Hill still only had three more catches for 65 yards. But, yeah, there's – I mean, the Browns, they play hard. Their attitude is, you know, way better. You know, it felt better. Um you know, watching the game, watching their body language, just things, you know, Greg Williams made it a point, I think, right off the bat, we were going to be aggressive. We're going for it on fourth downs. Um, you know, we're going for two-point conversions. You know, we're doing – we're going to be aggressive on with our play calling, with our decisions. Everything's going to be aggressive. Uh, and I love it. I mean, it's, it gives you something nice to watch on TV. I mean, anybody that thought we were going to beat Kansas City uh, was out of their minds. Um, I mean, that's the, the, one of the top two or three teams in the league. They're on a roll. They have offensive weapons, you know, that Andy Reid put at his, Andy Reid's disposal that he uses well and gets guys the ball. I mean, the first touchdown, Hunt caught a 50-yard screen pass and took him in for a touchdown. Um, you know, then he had two two touchdown rushes. You know, they had Travis Kelsey, who's an absolute monster tight end, had a couple of touchdowns, so – I've actually, all the touchdowns by the Chiefs were scored by guys who played high school football in uh, Northeast Ohio, actually in the Cleveland area. Um, Kelsey was from Cleveland Heights and Kareem Hunt from Willoughby, Willoughby, Ohio. So, 
that's that was something today. But anyway, back to the Browns. I mean, it, yeah, there's a ton positive to take away from today. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, um, there's just no covering Kelsey. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. He's pro- if it wasn't for Gronk, he'd probably be the best tight end in the league. I mean, you also got to throw Zach Ertz in there, you know, because um, Zach Ertz is just an absolute monster too, you know. Um, and with our linebackers depleted like it is, you know, we didn't have Schobert, you know, um, the death behind them, you know, you got Kirksey playing the middle, you know, there's just, you can't cover Travis Kelsey, you know, he's a matchup nightmare. So the fact that it was him that was beating us for touchdowns, you know, I'm not mad at that. Um, I'm not mad at this effort. You know, if you were um, a Browns fan and you were, excuse the language, but if you were bitching, whining and complaining during this entire game, then you just expected too much from the Browns, frankly. Because like you said, you know, if you expected the Browns to beat the Chiefs in this game, you're you're absolutely crazy. Um, to score 21 points, to see – I wanted to see improvement. It was like, like – what I w- it's the same thing that I was looking for against the Steelers, but it was a week later. And we saw the improvement. And, and you know, let's take that into next week and let's improve even more. And I don't even know who we have next week. But, the, Falcons. You know, let- the Falcons are coming to town next week. Okay, another high-powered offensive team. will probably won't win that game. But you know what? They're, they haven't been great defensively, so I'm going to be looking for our offense to continue to run smoothly and put up points. Yeah, and I like the, I like the uh, game plan from Freddie Kitchens. They're going to try to keep the Chiefs' offense on, on or off the field uh, by running the ball, and they did that with, you know, uh, Chubb getting 22 carries. They also did it with uh, Mayfield and uh, – controlled passing game. He was 29 of 42, 297, those two touchdowns. Uh, he did throw the one interception. But, I mean, you know, they they had a great game plan going in. And they pretty much executed it. It's just, I mean, it is what it is. The Chiefs are just too good, too good for the Browns right now, um, especially with a depleted secondary. And when you have a 50, like you said, if you, if you like, looked at that secondary and thought, hey, we're going to be able to stop the Chiefs, then you're out of your mind. Because the NFL, the NFL is not like college. College has a 110-man roster, so they have some depth of positions. The NFL has 53-man roster, so there's maybe one, maybe two backups at each position, but very, very few two backups. They carry probably seven or eight linemen, but that can play more than one position. So, the, I mean, 53-man roster really limits your depth. And you know as well as I do from watching the NFL, once you get into the seconds, the second teamers of the NFL – there's a huge drop off from your starters to your second team guys. And it's just not, it's just not, I mean, it's just not a thing where you're going to get the same performance out of a second team guy as you are a first team guy. Exactly. They're second teamers for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. um, they, 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 they're behind those number one guys because they're not good enough to start, you know, they're, they're good depth plays are good enough to play sparingly, but they're not good enough to be starting. And sadly they were forced to come in today and to, I, it's, it's still a victory in itself to only give up 37 points, knowing that we lost all those guys. I mean, our, we've lost secondary guys, I mean, after weeks. Out, I mean, it's, it just seems like it's been a domino effect ever since Terrence Mitchell went down, who was having a hell of a season, you know, um, to just, just to see EJ Gaines, who was doing great in Mitchell's stead, you know, to go down with a concussion. And then to see Ward go out, you know, it hurts. But, you know, you have to look at the positives when you are a 2-5-1, and one, now 2-6-1 and one team. You have to find the positives in this. I still think we can win six games this year. I think, I, think, I think the low is four, but I still think we can win six games this year. We are a good enough team. We are a good coach away 
from being a really good team in this league. Yeah, we have some talent on this team. Um, I don't go. Our schedule down the stretch is brutal. Um, I mean, our schedule all year has been one of the toughest um, in the league, probably. But like down the stretch, we got the Falcons next week, followed by the Bengals, followed by the Texans, then the Panthers, Broncos, then the Bengals again, and finish up with the Raiders. So our schedule down the stretch is nothing to sneeze at. So it'll be tough. It'll be tough. I think we're going to get a one or two more games. I think six might be a stretch. That'd be very top end. But, uh, I mean, I like this team, and I'm with you. I think we're one good coach, one good offseason away from, you know, being contention for the league. And I think if our offense would have played like the way it played today, uh, you know, from the first game on, I think we have two or three more wins already. We definitely – I think we would have beat the Raiders. I think we would have beat the – Buccaneers. I mean, there's two wins right there. We we'd be sitting at four, like four, three, and one or something. So, I mean, it's just you know, it's too bad we had to waste eight games with Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley calling us calling an inept um, archaic offense, and you know, it took us this long to get to where we need to be. Where Baker's 29 of 42 for 300 yards, you know, controlled passing game, completing balls, getting balls to our playmakers so they can make plays. It's just too bad it took this long to get there. Yeah, you know what it it really is, you know. But you you can't look back. You got to look. You got to move forward. Um, you know that that we're better for we're better for what we went through now. Now that we know that you know, just everybody knows the book on Hugh. He can't coach. You know, he throws everybody under the bus. Um, and Haley just you know, like you said, he was coaching an archaic offense, and he just um, didn't put his playmakers in position. So you know. Um, on top of that, you know, the Browns have been constantly been being screwed this year by the refs. I mean, it, it just seems like the refing overall is horrible in all of football this year. You know, I can, I can, I've seen some really bad calls in college football. I mean, for, for instance, the targeting call, that needs clarification. You know, it's, it's almost it's, – it's similar to what we're dealing with with the roughing the passer rule in the NFL right now. And, you know, it's, they're, they're, I think there's, there's, there's an epidemic of bad refing. And it's it's getting worse game by game. But that being said, you know, Charlie, um, we got a few people to add to the list this week. Um, you got any guys coming off? Any repeat offenders? Well, first off, last week my list, if you remember, included John Dorsey, Todd Haley, and Jamie Collins. Well, Collins redeemed himself, and Dorsey did what he had to do, and that's why Haley's no longer on the list either. So all my guys are gone from last week. I have a couple guys – uh, I got a little Motley crew of a list this week. My first guy is on the list is Chris Antonetti, GM of the R Cleveland Indians. He's on the list because I don't have any idea what they're doing in the offseason. Uh, according to reports, everyone is on the trading block but Lindor and Ramirez. He's not tendering offers to any of our free agents. Uh, hopefully he has a plan that will bring us to – because we're going to win the Central Division, I think – with Lindor, Ramirez, and we'll pick up seven other people from downtown Cleveland, and we're going to win the Central Division. It's just not a very good division. But I hope he has a plan to build us into a World Series contender because we have Lindor for about three more years um, guaranteed in the arbitration. So we have him for three more years. We have Ramirez for a couple, two, three years. So building around those two pieces, I hope Antonetti has a plan, and that's why he's on the list because I don't have any idea what his plan is. But – He's on the list until he shows us his plan for the offseason. 
Yeah, you know, let me let me play a little devil's ad- advocate with uh, Chris Antonetti. You know, um, I think, you know, what he's seeing is, you know, we've done this for three years now. It hasn't really worked. So maybe let's try and improve some areas by dealing from an area of strength. And, you know, maybe that's why you, you put a guy like um, Corey Kluber and Carlos Carrasco on the trade block. You know, you, you, you think maybe you can um, in- increase your death um, and get some young where you know that could uh springboard you but you know what De- deservedly so he is definitely on the list because right now we all don't know what he's doing we don't know what he's gonna do so chris Antonetti, you just made the list um my first one on the list this week it's got to be urban meyer you know i like we were talking about how um they need to make minimal improvements um game by game you know and they did make minimal improvements but you know it still seems like he um was struggling at times with who to put into the game, you know, switching back and forth to uh, Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins when it seemed like J.K. Dobbins had the hot hand and he just needed to give it to J.K. Dobbins more. Um, you know, I think sometimes that really hurt us, you know, and, you know, the fact that he still has Greg Schiano on this staff who continues to, as I keep saying every week, who teaches his defensive any not just his defensive backs, his linebackers too, to play the player and not play the ball. You know, you constantly put your players in bad positions, you know. Sooner or later, you have to make uh, – you have to be a head coach and you have to um, – you have to make a choice, you know. You have to cut ties with your friend who's just not doing it. So, Urban Meyer, you just made the list. All right. Now, for my second guy on the list, he's a guy that we that we paid the Cavaliers and switching sports to the Cavaliers. We paid him way too much because he was LeBron James' friend. So, and he, we were riding the high of the 2016 NBA title. But J.R. Smith, you are definitely on the list. Demanding a trade? Who do you, I mean, demanding anything from the Cavs, who do you think you are? I mean, who, first off, you're demanding a trade? The Cavs can't even trade your sorry salary because it's too high. They can't, nobody wants you because you're a, a lunatic on the court. Last year, you had a chance to win the game. You dribbled it out so we got overtime against the Warriors. Um, I mean, you're a loose cannon. Nobody has any idea. You're just going to shoot it until, you know, sometimes you make it. When you're hot, it's great. But when you're not, you continue to shoot it and cost this game. So, J.R. Smith, demanding a trade from the Cavs, you're on the list, pal. Deservedly so. I don't even think – I think you just said it perfectly for us all. J.R. Smith, you are you are on the list. Um, my second pe- my second person on the list, um, you know, it, it it's – I think this is a repeat offender, I do believe, because I think I had the referees on there last week. Um, but I'm stretching it a little bit, not just the NFL referees. It's college referees. You know, the, the, I, I said this earlier, that the, the, the bad refing, it's an epidemic of bad refing right now. You know, the constant, you know, um, call, bad calls, you know, where you see a targeting call called on one player and then the exact same play happens maybe two plays later with the other team and it's not called. You've got to be kidding me. Like, how does Jordan Fuller get ejected for targeting? And then the, a couple plays later, a, uh, um, a Nebraska player does the same thing to Johnny Dixon. It's clear as day that he targeted him. He put his shoulder into his head. I mean, not that there's much he can do, but you say that it's not targeting. I mean, that's ridiculous in itself. On top of everything the Browns have been going through, you have, you, you've got to be kidding me. So college referees, NFL referees, you just made the list. I, I agree with you. I think referees will be on the list every week. They're, I mean, the the targeting penalty 
for sure needs some sort of clarification because, I mean, the, the penalty for a targeting of getting ejected for the game and missing – so if you get ejected in the first half, you're going to miss the second half in the first half of the next game. If you get ejected in the second half, you're going to miss the entire next game. So the, pen, the penalty is way too severe to be left up to these referees. There needs to be someone to clarify it and be able to – if you call targeting – Somebody needs to be up there looking at it saying, uh, listen, this is, you know, this is targeting, this is not targeting. Because the penalty for – if you're getting injected – I mean, Ohio State's now missing one of their top defensive players for the first half of the next game, which is going to kill them. You know, not kill them, but it's going to be hurt them because, as we said, you're a starter for a reason and the backup's just not as good. So the referees, you're on the list. You may never leave the list. Yeah, and, and you know what, just to elaborate a little bit further, you know, um just just the the sheer um the sheer idiocy that they've shown this year is just insane, you know. I think that's all I gotta say on that one. All right, Charlie, who's next on your list? My last people person persons on the list, Kevin Wilson and Ryan Day, co offensive coordinators of the Ohio State University. I mean some of the things that they do, I mean, they improved this week by running the football a little bit better. Uh, you know, Dobbins having 163 yards, but they were just slinging it everywhere. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, I mean, his shoulders got to be killing him, throwing the ball 70 times last week, just not getting any offensive rhythm, any identity. Scored 29 points against the average at best Purdue team. Uh, 36 points against a very average Nebraska team. Actually, they're probably bad Nebraska team. I mean, they need to, they need to get back to the offense, you know, back to a rhythm. Whoever's calling the offense, who's ever designing it, whatever, needs to get them back into a rhythm where they can get to 40, 50 points. Because once, because that it probably won't matter this. They'll probably get this week, and they'll definitely beat Maryland. But once they come to that game against Michigan, Michigan's got a solid ass defense. And they're on a roll right now, so they better get their stuff together and, you know, get ready for that because they're coming. And that's a that's a good defense up north with that team. Yeah, I don't think I even have anything to add. Kevin Wilson, Ryan Day, you just made the list. Step it up, boys. All right, I'm going to go to the other side of the defensive coaching staff, or I mean of the Ohio State coaching staff. I'm going to go with Greg Schiano and Bill Davis. You know, these, these two have just they, – they, they both just need to go. It's time for them both to go. You know, the plays – the in, inconsistent plays at linebacker, you know, the constantly putting our linebackers in bad positions that Greg Schiano does. You know, as I keep saying, you know, he teaches his player to play the player, not the ball. So our backs are turned to the ball. We're not even looking for the ball. So we get called for interference anytime we defend a pass, you know, to be constantly beat over the middle, to be beat for big plays, where you put your safety – you bring your safeties up to the line only to get beat over to the top because you got your defensive back playing one-on-one with no help. You know, it's something you have to make adjustments in this game. And when things aren't working, you, you have to change and they're not doing that. So Greg Chiano, Bill Davis, you just made the list. All right. That's the, the list for this week. Uh, big, join us Thursday. As we preview the Browns Falcons from First Energy Stadium and also the Buckeyes traveling to East Lansing to play the Spartans of Michigan State. Um, they're getting the big one. They're hard to believe there's only three um, weeks left, 
regular season weeks left of the college football season. I mean, it's flying, it's flying by. We're over halfway done of the NFL season. So football season is just flying by. We'll also have the second announcement of the college football playoff. We'll go over that. Should be a lot of shakeup as number three and number nine both lose in the top ten. So join us for a jam-packed show on a Thursday, uh, and we'll see you then.